magic of the sunstone, you're tuned into the Jewel Riders Archive. Hey Jewel fans, it's Ronnie from the Jewel Riders Archive. Today we have a special presentation that we're going to share with you regarding the fashions and the inspirations of the Jewel Riders costumes and their clothing. So join with me is Daniel Magana, who is a couture fashion designer and friend of the archive. Welcome, Daniel. Hello. Thanks for joining us here at the Joyers Archive. We're so excited to talk about something that I personally have such an interest in, which is fashion and the fashion that has inspired some of our favorite characters here in the show. So to begin with, I guess I should open it up with letting everyone kind of know a little bit about yourself. So tell us something about your own, you know, design history, where you're at and, you know, basically kind of get to know you first. All right. Well, you know, I've I've been in fashion, you know, for the last sixteen years, um, and, and mostly focused in in you would say more like costuming or haute couture, more of the you know avant garde and and a lot of um, something that not normally anyone would wear. Uh, I started back in and actually in the west coast of the U.S., uh, starting with couture there, doing a lot of uh, runway shows, and then just you know traveled with that um, where we've done. Um, anywhere from costuming to ready-to-wear to, wear to uh, uh, wedding gowns, which is essentially where we are now. Um, and what I like about what I do now is that, you know, we can talk about that in further uh, to see how bridal has, you know, some aspects of what we're going to um, talk about today with uh, the Jewel Riders. Gotcha. So now from the West Coast, you find yourself moving throughout the United States and you've been involved with some other fashion shows as well. Yes, uh, actually, we we started in the West Coast, and and you know that's still home to this day. Um, actually, just moved to to New Orleans, so such a fun place, um, especially with costuming. Um, you should see the things that are out here. But uh, yeah, we've actually you know moved around uh, doing things like uh, Memphis Fashion Week, uh, New York Fashion Week, Bridal Fashion Week, and uh, just doing things like that. Those sound like such awesome experiences. And this is not the first time that this is going to be a collaboration with Daniel Magana Couture and the Jorahs Archive. We actually have an awesome opportunity for anyone who is interested in having their own unique costume or garment created by Daniel Magana for yourself. So if you're looking to have a unique costume, maybe you want some sleepwear or even just inspired couture, this is something that we have given everyone who is a fan of the archive an opportunity. And you can find that on the Jorahs Archive website, also on the links on our social media. Um, again, it is Daniel Magana Couture. And you can also follow him on Instagram as well. So until we basically get all into that at the end of the conversation, let's start talking about Jewel Riders. So from the very beginning, um, obviously Princess Guinevere is a 90s show. So one fad that is happening right now in the animated fandom and a lot with Disney characters as well is this desire to create historically accurate costumes or at least historically accurate 
depictions of what the characters would look like in their appropriate time periods. Uh, Daniel, are, are you aware of that? Have you seen those before? Uh, as far as like modern day uh, anime or cartoons and things like that, is that what you're asking? So like fans doing historically accurate pictures of the Disney princesses, like for instance, if Belle was to be dressed in a you know a French. 1600s, 1700s, whatever time period it is, but they give her like, you know, a powdered wig and these big dresses and things like that. Correct. Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, yes, actually, I've, I have seen a lot of that, uh, you know, especially with uh, you guys being out in California with the whole Disney bounding thing. Um, you know, you can only, a lot of people do like to do more of the historical accurate. So like you said right now with uh, with Belle, you know, they'll definitely try to do more of that uh uh, French uh, Baroque style um, that was back in the 16th century or 17th century. And you have seen a lot of that, uh, especially more so now. I think, you know, growing up, we do love the idea of who those princesses were, those characters were. But, um, you know, we start digging more into, um, and, and it's a lot of what we do here in fashion as well, is actually doing our research and, and what was accurate during a time period. You know, like if I wanted something 60s, I'm going to go back and do something 60s, but do a modern take on that. So I feel like that's a lot of what's happening and, and whether it's, you know, any animation or, a, you know, a live action movie. And one thing that I was very interested in learning about when I was watching one of these fashion focused YouTube videos, when they were dissecting the whole historically accurate interpretations of anime characters, they reminded us, you know, in the end, the characters themselves, while may, may be inspired by the historical accuracies, so like when we're talking about jewel writers, there might be historical armor, there might be historical, you know, pieces to it. But truly, when it comes down to it, Cinderella is inspired by the 1950s. Snow White is the 1930s. Ariel is the 1980s. And Belle is the 90s. So with Guinevere and her friends, I'm assuming then this is mostly going to be, they're just inspired by the 90s. <laughs> Correct. Uh, you know, and I did, uh, you know, went back to actually look at some of these things. And and yes, um, there are, you know, some of the armor they wear that is inspired by the Renaissance time or the medieval time. But if you look at it and break down everything, um, you know, dissect the looks, you'll find a lot of the 90s, um, even into the late 80s, just because that's around the time frame that, um, you know, this was created. And in a recent conversation with Greg Atore, who is the art director for the Jewel Writers, and you can listen to those episodes on our podcast as well. We have a ton of great information within those individual episodes with Greg, where he talks about the inspiration for the toy designs and just the general art direction. And one of the side conversations that he and I were having was about the design of the toys themselves. And in summary of what he was talking about, he's basically mentioning different pieces of each of the individual characters and their outfits and things that he was inspired by. And he talked a lot about costume design and coming from a costume design background, how he was inspired to make each of these pieces. So I think 
let's go ahead and just start off with some of the images. And these images we're going to also share. Um, so it is going to be the style guide images, the toy images, and then we also have some other images that are inspirational fashion designs. So let's go ahead and start with the Princess Guinevere style sheet. She has four main outfits. We have her Jewel Rider outfit, her adventure outfit, her leisure outfit, and her party outfit. So in summary of the conversation that we had with Greg, he had mentioned that because Guinevere is the princess and because she would be lavished upon regarding the fabrics and the styles, that many of the actual fabrics that would have been used in her outfits would have been more of like the, the satins, the silks, very soft um, luxurious fabrics. So I was hoping that you could maybe go through some of the costumes with, with us. And if you want to start off maybe with like the Jewel Rider one, for instance, I know Greg had also mentioned that the helmet itself is inspired by a little bit like a biker helmet, but that was because the actual show creator really wanted like some sort of like space or biker helmet to show that they're superheroes. So that is something that Greg did, but let's go ahead and talk about the rest of the costume. Okay. Uh, well, you know, in, in the Jewel Rider costume, well, since we just left, started with uh, uh, the helmet, what I like about the helmet here um, is you do get that Patrice look, but you see inspiration on this, um, you know, as early as, I want to say 92. Um, if you're familiar with any of the designers, or high-end couture designers, um, you definitely get a lot of, like, Thierry Mugler, uh, you know, Jean-Paul Gaultier, and um, uh, they were using a lot of, like, feathers and things like that you know and you see this um on her helmet she has the wings on there um and that's definitely a lot of, of what was used in the hairdresses um you know in the pieces used back in the 90s i wouldn't say the last use of it was like 95 um what i also see a lot here is a lot of like like her her neck piece you know it's it, it's almost like a choker but you see a lot of that big like plastic uh jewelry um, that was used in the 90s. And that's something that you definitely see here in, in the reference. Um, you definitely can see a lot of the armor. But what I also like is that you see, um, like she has a one-piece unitard. Um, you know, there isn't a lot of like silk material that you could use that stretches. However, um, it could be, you know, a lycra piece that was in the 90s. Um, essentially with like her boots, you can see that that could be considered like leg warmers. You know, it's a mixture of the two um, decades like the 80s and the 90s combined into this um, and then you have things like like the ruffles that go from her waist um, into her shoulder that's definitely something that to get that structure you would have to use you know materials like uh, organza silk organza which definitely gives you that um, and you want it to feel airy so definitely move it up into the more luxurious uh, silk uh, and then you have maybe like her cape um, you can go in many directions with that whether uh, you know, like a silk uh, chiffon, so you get that air feel to it. Um, and a lot of the jewelry that she has, like the big stones, was definitely uh, a, a big thing that was being used in the early 90s. Yeah. And of course, the inspiration for the jewels is the fact that they are jewel-powered. And that kind of runs throughout the entire series. Like, it's not just their armor. It's like everything in the kingdom is jewel-encrusted. Like, I'm sure even the poorest of the poorest person has a jewel, like, <laughs> you know, all over their house. Like, right. doorknobs have jewels, and, and you know, everything in, in within the kingdom has jewels. Um, but that's mm -hmm. just to symbolize the power and the way that the kingdom of Avalon is connected by magic. Um, you had mentioned about the helmet, and kind of also what Greg had said was because... 
as we'll see with each of the other characters, it's influenced by what is around her. So for instance, Guinevere has the feathers on her helmet because she is bonded with Sunstar, who is the winged unicorn. So that's also the reason why she has like the feathers and the wings on her helmet. Um, And you had mentioned about the ruffle. You know, that is one thing that I've always kind of felt was iconic for Guinevere. Was that something that was ever kind of trendy within the 90s to have kind of these ruffle looking things? I mean, I'm assuming it was. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, the ruffles were something that could be, you would see it a lot in like a one shoulder piece where it's a huge ruffle that goes over the shoulder. Um, And even, you know, reference, you can move into her party costume when she has a three-tier skirt. Um, a lot of ruffles would have been using something like that as well. Um, it just really depends the fullness, whether you use something, um, you know, like a tight um, ruffle or a big ruffle, but it was definitely something that was being used um, in the 90s, and, to t- and they were actually pulled in from, uh, you know, like the 50s, where you wanted to be able to get um, some of that fullness on a lot of their garments, and that's where um, you could see a lot of this here. And regarding her leotard that you had mentioned, that is kind of very iconic, I I guess, of the 80s and 90s, as you were mentioning, but also just the design. Um, Greg had mentioned that that was something that he had just initially put on the designs for the dolls, and then they actually translated into the toys and and obviously the animation of the show itself. So that was something that was interesting that it obviously made for additional work as far as animation goes. I mean, you had to make those little swirly things on every single cell, which was hand-drawn and hand-painted. In reality, though, I mean, aside from the magical idea that they were just appeared on this outfit and, you know, that everything is magic, as as Greg has mentioned, that the, 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 the armor, as you mentioned, while might be influenced by kind of the larger jewelry of the time, is supposed to just kind of be the... Um, the realization, I guess, of the magic, like that is the magic, like the, the armor that is protecting them is basically made up of magic. But because we know them as the toy pieces, we think of them as plastic, but I mean, her boots would have been like a leather and I guess her armbands would have been a leather as well. Would it been appropriate for, but then her helmet, I mean, would that been in a leather as well? Or like what type of material because I guess if they had like a hard, you know, type of like material, like a helmet back in the, you know, <laughs> medieval ages, I guess. But what what kinds of materials would you say for those? Well, you know, the pieces that you've been mentioning, like the boots and, and um, the arm pieces, those definitely would have been leather, um, even in the medieval times. Um, when leather gets hard, it, it, uh, it becomes, well, it's still, you know, something you can move um, or bend um, and it's soft on your skin. However, when you put it on, you try to hit it with a knife. Um, it's one of the hardest things um, to get through. So, um, you know, the blades would get stuck on them. And so that's something that definitely you could see being used from the medieval times. As far as the helmet, um, I don't I don't recall ever hearing or learning about leather during those time periods. But if, if it was of that time period, you would think of uh like a steel, you know, um, something like that would armor, be, basically. Pretty much, yes. Um, I gotcha. <laughs> I mean, unless I guess you're, I could been. Unless you go into, I, I want to say, like the '60s when you know uh, the Hell's Angels were were using their helmets, and and that's when all of that started coming around. Gotcha. So 
the swirly things, I guess that's the final de- detail. Would that have been an embroidered or what what would that have been like as an embellishment on the fabric? Yeah, so it definitely would have been um, an embroidery or beading of some sort. Um, it's something that, um, you know, only as uh, like royal family members or someone who has a lot of money would actually be able to afford to get something done like that on their garments. Um, and so that's definitely something that, you know, would be given to a princess um, here with Princess Guinevere. Um, nowadays, you could probably just, you know, spray paint it, use a marker or something like that. That would That would work for you. I gotcha. Well, and that's interesting to know about the historical fact that, you know, only the elite would have been able to afford embroidery. So that it actually ties in very well with the fact that she's a princess. Mm-hmm, so moving on to the next character or the next we adventure, I think it's kind of the same thing. We have leather boots and as you mentioned, the pants, um, because this isn't the one piece with the pants could these have been silk or what What? What type of fabric were you saying? Uh, the pants would have been like a lycra or a latex, uh, anything like that that's very, um, you know, stretches, which is something we love. And in the show, she actually zips up that coat. Zippers didn't get invented until much later, or is that Velcro? Because they mostly had buttons, or what? what is the historical fact of that uh gosh i want to say zippers um the first time a zipper was ever even heard of it was probably early 1900s um and with it being something new um definitely was expensive but for the time period you'd probably think of maybe uh some sort of like a hook and eye um velcro wasn't invented until um, mid 1900s um, so for definitely around that time, either that, or you'd probably have, uh, like, you know, with her being royalty, obviously being able to afford couture, she'd probably have like a, uh, a covered button, meaning like a hidden uh, loop, uh, or pocket that would be built on the inside of the coat. And then when it overlaps, it actually, um, hides the button. And that's what you would have here. Yeah. Interesting. And one thing that stands out is we've replaced the ruffles with poofy sleeves. And while not shoulder pads, but huge, huge sleeves are very popular, especially in the 90s. Yes, definitely. Um, you, well, late 80s, 90s, you definitely see that. Um, you know, the thing in the 90s was uh, the theme was creating this powerful woman having uh, the taller you look or the broader shorts, you know, shoulders looked, the more authority you showed, you know, more power. Um, essentially, that's something that you're giving here. And being um, in the period that she was in, um, the more fabric you use shows the more money you had to spend on extra fabric. Well, I mean, I mean that's, that's obvious, and I guess I just never thought of that. So it's like if you have a garment that has a lot of material that's associated with it, then that just shows that you have a lot of money, basically. Definitely. Um, same thing with the color. Um, you know, with... <laughs> and her... Uh-huh. What were you saying about the... Sorry, it keeps cutting in and out. Yeah, um, it, it did it, cut out. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, as far as color, uh, same thing, you know, with uh, the basic of a fabric um, will come in a natural color, whether it be like a cream, 
um, or dark brown, dark green. Those were the colors that um, were for basic common people. Um, so if you were able to afford to dye the fabric and then, you know, go look for maybe a pink carnation or something, get that dye out and then dye your fabric shows that, again, that wealth that you're, you know, you have. So that's something um, why she would have such vibrant colors on her um, on her armor or on well, her armor, her outfits. Um, you don't see a lot of purple here. Now, purple was definitely held for someone um, like a queen or a king. Um, she does have some purple on her cape, um, and that does show you um, that maybe she she was a princess, but not necessarily a queen. Um, so those are things you can think about um, with the color usage as well. No, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, Greg chose those colors because pink, purples, teals, they just really go well together. And that's the reason why he chose those colors. Now, although purple might not be a standout color, it still is part of her outfit because the purple are the swirls. You have the purple in the cape. Um you know, so it, it's still part of her outfit, but that's kind of the main color schemes. And I mean, of course, you know, she's she's given this pink color because that's just, at least from a marketing perspective, that's what sells to your target audience. So that's the reason why they made her pink. And of course, that's one of the reasons why I love her too. As we all know, hot pink is my favorite color. <laughs> and then... Um, Actually, I just want to know about the sleeves, because in many of her outfits, she is sleeveless. And in this one, she has long sleeves. Really, what, as far as historical accuracies, when did sleeves become a thing versus, like, having the very long kind of, like, um, attachments to the sleeves like the evil queen has in Snow White? When did that change? Oh, gosh. Uh I don't know if it necessarily changed a whole lot. I mean, we stopped using the long sleeves um, in modern fashion. And what I mean by modern fashion, I think after like the 1800s, um, really what that was is, again, having the long sleeves, um, it would typically be someone who uh, would stay home, you know, just around the house and has, you know, the use of the sleeves, meaning like it wouldn't get caught anywhere. Um, the shorter sleeves is when you're traveling, you know, like the adventure outfit she has. You're going somewhere, so you don't want your sleeves to catch anywhere. But also, uh, you have to uh, keep in mind that when you're going out, uh, the sun, you know, makes you darker. So you wanted to make sure you didn't get that tan um, and you wanted to stay uh, a pale color. Well, she's tanned all right. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that she absorbed all that sun magic. <laughs> Okay, and now moving on to the leisure outfit. It's kind of a combination of the Jewel Rider costume. It's just a little bit less. You have less of the armor, but it's basically the same thing. And she's wearing a piece of jewelry. Um, I mean, it is a larger piece of jewelry that, as you mentioned, is kind of iconic of the 90s. Um, as far as the historical accuracy, like what, what would have been that time period? What type of things would people have been wearing? Because in the party outfit, she wears a choker, you know, elsewhere she has, you know, the large pieces of armor, like what type of accessories would typically have complimented someone that was of royal status? Uh, back then, well, any type of jewelry uh, or stones, uh, pearls, um, things like that, that uh, not a lot of people could, could uh, actually afford. Um, if it's anyone else that you know, a normal housewife, she would have used uh, normal rocks or or something you can create out of wood, um, leather pieces. Uh, so any of like the actual stones themselves, whether diamonds, emerald pearls, um, that's something that royal uh, royal members would use. Uh, well, it kind of looks like a pearl necklace, I guess. 
you know, the 50s were popular in the 90s. So maybe that's where that kind of came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something you would have used in actually a housewife, um, you know, someone who could um, could use them. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, when you're in your leisure outfit, you, you could use these big pieces, um, you know, something you wouldn't lose while you're on your adventure. Um, as you notice in her adventure piece, um, she doesn't have any jewelry except for the, the big stars. That's a good point. Very good point. Okay, and her last outfit, which is the party outfit, which uh, from a doll perspective, it's one of my favorite toys. I think it's just because it's the most like a Barbie of at least the Jewel Rider line. So let's go ahead and start talking about it. What are some of the first notes that you have on her party outfit? Well, she has a a bustier. Um, The thing with the bustier, it's you wanted to keep women a certain shape or or actually say Satchwask, if you wanted her to stand up straight, um, you would make sure she had a corset, um, which is what she's wearing here. The thing about, you know, standing up straight is uh, it used a lot of boning. Um, and back there in the medieval times, you'd actually use um, actual whale bones. So imagine having to go out, hunt a whale, you know, to get the bones and then transform them into those um, little uh, bars that go into the boning so it would keep you straight. Um, and that's what she has. I take here. it the bustier was expensive. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, okay. Not a, not a you know, common woman would wear this. Um, and then you have the big sleeves, um, you know, the poofy sleeves. Uh, you could see some references of the, the poofy sleeves in, you know, the medieval times, Renaissance times. Um, but here she, she wants to have fun. So that's why, you know, keep them short, not with the long sleeves so she can move around. Um, you know, she wants to party. Um, and then you also have the skirt, uh, the, the three-tier skirt. You know, that's not something that would have been used um, back then necessarily, at least not for common women. Um, you know, the more fabric you use means you have more money to spend, and that's really what it is. So you would see this as being more like a staying-at-home party, something you didn't have to travel with, um, which is what you have here. But what I like about it is you also get references um, of it in either the late 80s, 90s, and some of the 50s. Um, it's the same thing, you know, with the, when uh, World War II ended. Um, you know, everything was restricted with the amount of fabric, and until World War II ended, that's when you see Christian uh, Dior introducing the new look with, you know, up to 40 yards um, of fabric can make this skirt, but that's because you can now spend that kind of money on something like that. Mm, the new look that revolutionized and changed the entire fashion industry. Yes, yes. So I think I love Gwen's party outfit so much because for me, it just embodies the 90s, whether it's the choker, the sleeves, the the dress. For me, it just looks like a 90s Barbie. And maybe that's just because I'm very nostalgic and I love, you know, the idea of that. But as you mentioned, everything is kind of influenced from predecessing outfits and designs and whether it's, you know, previous designers from the 50s or whenever it might be. So for me, it looks 90s. But I guess from a fashion perspective, you can see all the different influences from all the other previous decades. Yes, most definitely. Um, it's still a fun, fun outfit. Um, I can only picture what this will look like um, in a life, life-size costume, you know. And since we were talking about the types of fabrics as well, with the other ones where you had mentioned about, you know, her bodysuit or her, you know, armor pieces, and we actually never said what you think her jacket would have been made out of. What do you think that her jacket was made out of? 
her jacket, you know, most likely would have been made of a heavy, heavy silk, like a damask, um, something that has um, a print. Uh, heavy fabrics um, most of the time did have a print on it just because you wanted to show, your, you know, the creativity or or that's how they represented where they're from, um, what region um, of the world they're from. So you could definitely probably see a lot of that or maybe a, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Velvet, um, something that's a little more luxurious. You can definitely get it like a silk velvet. So you could get that structure um, on that jacket. Okay. So now using those materials, what would you say is the materials on her party outfit? Her party outfit, uh, definitely for the skirt, you would see a lot of uh, a lot of silks. Um, you know, it really depended on how how much uh, flexibility you wanted because that can go in, in different directions. Um, but if we're talking about medieval times, um, you would definitely go more towards the heavier um, satins, like a Duchess satin, um, Italian silk satin, something like that. Whereas if you were going more in the Renaissance and, and Noir, you could go more in the silky fabrics. Um, you know, it's as time progresses, you develop new techniques to soften up fabrics or do different things. So that's something that um, could go in different directions. Or it could be where they would have used on the skirt a silk, and then with the edge, uh, you know, the dark pink, uh, that would have been maybe the uh, like a duchess satin, so you did show that. Um, and the you would probably see a lot more mixtures in here. Um, you don't want to just use one fabric all over, so you definitely see a lot of that here. Um, you will probably see some either jacquards or uh, crinoline inserted into the sleeve so you get some of that fullness um, and that's something that you can add on there uh, it just really depends on on her taste but during the time periods as uh, back then a lot of the heavier ones is something that you would see and with the bustier you had mentioned about the actual you know creation of it was used whalebone but would it been like a leather or what would that corset piece been made out of? Uh, leather is it's something that um, the queen or a princess would not have used. So it would still would have been um, closer to your uh, jacquards, your, uh, you know, your, what's the other word, duchess satin or a velvet, something like that to, to mix in the whole thing. Gotcha. Okay. And I guess the last piece that <laughs> I, I'm not sure how you are with accessories, but there is the crown on top, her earrings and her heels. What time period are we looking at when we look at these? Oh, gosh. Uh, you definitely see 90s with the choker piece. Um, that's something that, you know, was very in then. Um, as far as the heel... Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, that could be 40s, 50s, which is something we talked about with the new look. Um, and then, the, I mean, the jewels in the crown, that's something that's always been used for royalty. Um, something that doesn't uh, happen nowadays, you know, you wouldn't see Queen Elizabeth wearing her crowns anymore. She just has them to show. Uh, so I think that's something um, that's different from all of this is that they're all, you definitely see a lot of different decades and eras in here. Awesome. Well, that's been a nice review of Guinevere. Shall we move on to the next one? We're looking yes. at Fallon. All right. So starting with 
the Jewel Rider outfit. And again, I think that these are probably going to be a couple of repeats where we're talking about, you know, the types of fabrics. It's the same probably as Guinevere. But if you do have something that's different with regards to the types of materials, go ahead and shout it out. Um, the one thing that I do want to initially start off this conversation with, though, that I was a little interested to hear when Greg had talked about Fallon's outfits, he said that because she's an adventurer, that he honestly saw everything as leather even the pants and for me that sounds terribly hot but I guess it's just when you look at it it looks more like a fabric and I guess you know she could have had fabric tucked in with um you know with leather boots but I guess just because she was an adventurer so I guess if we can look at this more instead of from a princess perspective and look at it more from like you know a hunter or an adventurer's perspective what types of materials these might have been when you start looking at these, um, you know, looking at all of them, you, you immediately start seeing softer fabrics, um, more like, like you said, leather, um, definitely on her tops and her boots. Uh, you could see a lot of maybe like linens, um, you know, with her being a traveler, you want if you don't want her to sweat a lot. So maybe if her pants were leather, you know, her top could have been like a, a, a breathable fabric. So you definitely see a lot of like cottons, um, and linens in there and that's something that um it's noticeable through all of her outfits um things you can look at um the reason i would say i would say it's that kind of material it's because you see the little like dashes that go across the center front of her bodice um, a lot of that was used with like uh, grommets and leather ties to go around that to hold the piece together yeah, I've never imagined that the top was leather. He did mention that on the actual toy, when you look at the toy, it is different than what is in the show. The toy has more of articulation within the like grooves to make it look more like a leather type of a top. But when you're looking at this animation style sheet, it looks more like a softer fabric that you're talking about but the dashes and like basically as and you can especially see it in the adventure piece it does look like they're leather pieces that are kind of put into the grommets to kind of tie it all together yes most definitely um and then other things you know we're talking about everything that she's wearing what i also noticed is that she's not wearing a lot of um stones um you know so it tells you that she's maybe not necessarily middle class but you know not poor um because she can afford a little bit of uh jewelry on her um you know she's not using the actual feathers that the queen was using um i'm sure she's more focused with her traveling more focused on if she was to capture an animal she'd rather eat it um as opposed to wear it (laughs) (laughs) well greg did mention the fact that fallon has um, flags on her helmet because she's an adventurer. So it's like, you know, the flags that were associated with travel or like with knights. So that's the reason why she has flags on her helmet piece. But it is interesting, as you mentioned, the accessories. And one thing that I've always found interesting is that Fallon, while very much the tomboy, she's given pearls in three of the four outfits. And I think that it's almost a way to show that while she is rough and tough, she's also at heart a lady. So, you know, she, she might be real tough acting, but in the end, she still is a woman and she still wants to look pretty. Correct. Um, and you can see also that she's wearing uh, three of those outfits. It's pants um, and one dress. And the dress is the only time she dresses up. It's when she goes to party. <laughs> Right, exactly. So again, I think that it ties into her own character type of that type of um, 
you know, person, as we said, it's, it's a tomboy, but she still likes to get dressed up. Um, when we're looking at the cape, now, if Guinevere had more of a silk cape, I mean, I don't think that the silk really would have looked well with all the rest of this. What types of materials would traditional, like, medieval types of capes have been made out of? Oh, gosh. Um, you would probably still see a lot of um, cottons. It, it's probably a lightweight, um, so you'd want to see more of a, uh, like, a batiste, um, something that's soft and, and, and airy she could wear. Uh, but you know, during that time, you were also getting a lot of like flax, uh, fabric. So anything created from us in either cons or flax, um, is something that would have been used for this. And at least from a historical perspective, when we were talking about the armor pieces, I mean, obviously the armor would have been to protect you from, you know, weapons. So that's why you have, you know, armor on your arms, on your neck, you know, but, and your head, obviously, but the cape, now from my understanding, the cape was used for warmth. So like if you're traveling and it's cold, like, but she's also, she's, she's sleeveless here. So what, what really would have been the cape's purpose? You know, besides, uh, I mean, it looks, it looks, it's cute. So I like that, but. And every superhero uh, has a cape. <laughs> right. You definitely want that. Um, you know, it's to show you a, a, a feel of, um, you know, because, like, you know, when a knight wears a, a cape, it was definitely seen as something like, um, you want to see him as someone who is, like, an angel or, or someone who can fly or, you know, like a superhero. So you wanted to show more, like, power. Um, same thing, again, with one of those where, you know, if you have fabric to just throw on the back and just use it as a, a cape, then definitely shows that you have some sort of, um, like, power position in, um, in society. Um, whereas someone who is a commoner um, wouldn't wear that, you know, just because they don't have the extra fabric for it. Um, but it could also be used as, you know, like it, to cover up um, when you're traveling, going somewhere, you definitely want that to, um, if you get tired, you want to go to sleep anywhere out in the woods, you at least have this to cover yourself up. So definitely for warmth. Okay. And one of the last accessory pieces that she has is a belt. Um, I'm assuming that's going to be leather then, but what really is the history of the belt? Like if everyone was using more or less like snaps as you were saying, or like the, you know, the underlying types of pins, tell us a little bit about that. As far as wearing belts, definitely would have been leather. Uh, the thing about belt, it wasn't for uh, fashion or for look. It was for, um, it had its own purpose as a utility belt. So when, if you had a, a sword or you had a weapon, something that you can put on, um, hang on to it. Um, you know, even if you had your coin purse, you want to be able to tie it onto it. So it, that's really what it was to help keep um, things off your hands, but you'd be able to carry things on it. That's a great perspective. Um, and that's really what you see a lot. And they have their money purse or something like that attached to it. Mm -hmm. The adventure outfit has something interesting that I want to talk about. Um, it's her little shawl shoulder cover. I'm not really sure what that what that is. Uh, well, you know, it's actually as as I reference this, um, it could be a, a hood. Um, you're going on an adventure, so when you're during the day, you have your hair out. You know, you, you can see around. But when it's cold or at night, you're able to cover your head with it. So this is actually um, would be a hood. 
Oh, okay. So then there's just the extra fabric, and that's why it's kind of all lumped together, and then you'd pull it over yourself. Correct. Okay, well, that's fun. Um, would that have been the same type of, like, a heavier material, or is that a breather, breathable material, or what What would you say? This, this would have been a breathable material. Probably a... Uh, what's the word? It's made of uh, lin- linen. <laughs> you know, something that's light and, and wouldn't feel so heavy on your shoulders. Okay. And then her last outfit, which is one of my favorites, is the party outfit. And starting from the very top, we didn't mention it about Gwen, but basically every single jewel rider, and especially in their party outfit, they have ponytails. What? <laughs> I don't know if you know the history of this, but I mean, I feel like this is very much 90s inspired. This is, you know, this is inspired by the time period that this was made in. Yeah, definitely the 90s. Um but ponytails is something like that that have been used in the medieval time. But what I do see here is that um, it makes her longer, um, which is why she also, you know, um, it's something that would make her look taller. Same thing, um, and I didn't mention this in the other outfit, um, they're wearing heels. Um, the reason they're wearing heels is because she wants to, uh, you want her to lean forward to be able to look um, taller. Um, and that's something that a lot of uh, the times isn't mentioned. Um, and then with adding her, her piece like that or her hair um she adds the jewels to it um you know just to have a little fun but yeah that's that's probably more of a modern thing um you know just hair out of the face let's go party (laughs) (laughs) and the rest of the outfit she has the cape but i feel that this one is much more of a lighter fabric cape um and it also has that i don't know if it's a cowl or what thing is around her neck actually it's it's the the cape more I don't want to say a vampire escape, you know, has Dracula's collar. Um, but the thing with that is that you want, like say, like I said, want to be able to show off her neck, um, be able to show that she's taller. Um, and a lot of the times, um, you know, these are things we don't think about. But women, uh, you know, if she was being promiscuous and she's trying to hide uh, a mark or a blemish on her neck, she would use this to cover it up. Um well, I doubt Fallon was doing that. <laughs> but, okay, so that's at least from a historical perspective. Yes. <laughs> and it looks like she even has what might be like suspenders on the top of her little top. I don't even know if that would, is is that technically a bustier? Like what what is this little top or corset? No, uh- well, it's it's a bustier, most definitely. Of course, it would have been lower to um, cover her abdomen. This would be a, a bustier. With it having the straps, is probably telling you that it's something heavier. So, I don't know. Maybe she had, you know, it's heavier with her jewels on her her outfit. Um, but that's something that you definitely want to add if, if your your piece is heavy. Um, and you know, but it's her party outfit, so I don't know. She would wear, you know, a metal armor piece around her um, unless it was actually leather at this time which could get heavy um, once it dries so either one whether it's the leather or it's an armor piece either one is pretty heavy and maybe that's the reason why she has the straps to hold it up correct okay and the actual skirt which i've always been in love with um again it has the additional embellishment of this the color around it um you had mentioned about the pink on the guinevere outfit but is this just a separate piece of fabric sewn onto it, or what? How would that work exactly? As far as the skirt, uh, you know, to get that extra stripe. Well, t- 
it's probably a wrap skirt. Um, the only thing I could think of would be like uh, modern 60s where you would get a lot of like wrap dresses. Um, and then you would have a piece that goes over it to hold on, um, whether it's a belt or, or this bustier piece. So, um, which is why you probably see the blue straps underneath the purple straps of the dress. Um, so this would tell you that it's a dress that goes um, over her shoulders and it wraps across the front. So then she adds the bustier on top to hold it close together. And that's what you do on the doll, too. It's like a wrap and then you wrap it around and then you put the little plastic piece over her chest. Yeah, it's, I very, reminis- it. it's very reminiscent of Diane von Fostenberg. Um, you know, she's basically known as the um, designer who invented the wrap dress. And then when we're looking at the rest of Fallon, um, as I mentioned, a little bit of a lighter weight cape. But what uh, fabric would you look at? Like, what what would you think of? Well, you know, it's a party outfit. So I, I would assume she would use um, maybe a silk. But this is probably is definitely the one piece that she would use, you know, on special occasions. Um, only because you can see that it's, um, you know, like the neck piece um, that would actually need structure and more support into it. So you definitely know that um, she sh- she has some sort of money or maybe saved her entire life <laughs> to get this piece. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just something like that. You wouldn't definitely have that much um, over your neck if it was a cotton or a batiste or anything like that. And how would they have kept that collar up? Because for me, that look is very much iconic of the evil queen from Snow White. But how how do you get the fabric to stay up like that? <laughs> well, it, with it going like that, um, it tells you that it's probably double or, or triple layered on the neck alone, um, because you do need to be able to add uh, structure to that, whether it's uh, boning uh, or some sort of like crinoline, something thicker, thicker that goes between the two layers to hold it together. Um, whereas, you know, a normal cape, you see that it just gets stuck on her jewel writer's outfit. Um, they just put it, um, underneath her. It probably just hooks under her shoulder piece. Wow. I love it. I I just love all the insight into all the different Fallon outfits. So let's move on to Tamara. Hashtag Tamara forever. So, the one thing I will say when I initially look at Tamara's outfits, where we've gone from the Guinevere outfits where she's wearing my favorite color, Fallon has this beautiful purples and and some teals as well and some pinks in her outfit. She kind of embodies all the different colors of the color scheme of Jewel Riders. And then when we look at Tamara, I mean, we love Tamara's pink hair. It's so stand out. And, and I would definitely say it's 90s. But, you know, for me... The color is just so many teals. It's so much teal. Now, it does complement her color scheme well. And I would say that of the actual designs of the different outfits, I like her outfits. There's so many different things that stand out. But let's go ahead and start talking about it. So from the very beginning, we have her Jewel Rider outfit. And as we've been talking about, each of the different outfits have a different helmet accessory. And he had mentioned that because Tamara was connected with animals and because in every single one, it was kind of giving an attention of flight. So whether it's the feathers for the winged unicorn and Gwen, whether it's the flags on Fallon, like they're fluttering in the wind, the same thing with the butterfly wings. So that's the reason why she has butterfly wing inspired um, accessories on her helmet. 
So that's why she has those. So aside from that and being connected with animals, let's go ahead and start talking about the Jewel Rider outfit. Now, Tamara's outfits stand out as different from all the rest of them, especially in her Jewel Rider outfit. One, she doesn't have a cape. She's not wearing boots. And she doesn't even have the wrist armor. So those are definitely things that make her stand out from the other two Jewel Riders. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, well, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to dissect all of the looks, but these are definitely very fun. Um, she's also wearing a lot of um, bustiers and all of these. Um, yeah, it's like every single thing she has a corset on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess she didn't want to, you know, get bigger. But actually, if you think about it, bustiers <laughs> were used um, during medieval times or up until the 1800s. Um, to make sure women did not grow past their size because you had to be a specific shape. Um, mm -hmm. So that makes you think a lot about what she has here. Um, also, a lot of them, if you've seen, they have like an inverted um, triangle going into her bust, meaning she has a perky bust, mm -hmm. um, which tells you a lot that um, would have happened, you know, in, in 17th century, 18th century. Um, but you definitely have a lot of, a lot of luck. And the other thing to note is, again, we have Guinevere, who's the princess, so she has a lot more of luxurious fashions, and also she's much more of, like, the party girl. Then we had Fallon, who was the adventurer. She she comes from a craftsman family, so I think that you had mentioned about, you know, all the different leathers. Well, her father is actually a craftsman, um, so that's where she kind of came from. And Tamara is a country girl. So Tamara's parents are from the country, and then she came to Avalon. She studies music. She's very much in tune with, you know, the animals. That's kind of who Tamara is. Um, I would say that she is, you know, she does like to be the pretty one, but I don't think that she's quite as vain as Guinevere can be. And yet she likes to be adventurous, but she's not as adventurous as Fallon. So she's kind of the, kind of the in-between girl, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I Joel Rider fans identify with Tamara is because they love her so much. I mean, she's just one of those easygoing characters. Um, but at the same time, I think that that's also makes her one of those kind of flawless characters. Like you can see flaws, like especially in many episodes where Guinevere is portrayed as, you know, she, she wronged her friends or whatever. And, and Fallon, maybe not so much, but de definitely Tamara's like that golden child. Like she just, she doesn't do any wrong. So I don't know if that also influenced her designs as well. Uh, that could have a lot to do with it. Um, that would be the reason why she wouldn't have um, a lot of pieces that look like armor, like her, you know, the long boots or um, the armor pieces on the arms, just because you don't like, she has no reason to defend herself because she's, you know, doing no wrong. Um, another thing you would see here, probably, the fabrics being used are, you know, things like linens, Egyptian cottons, or things like that, just because um, with her being around a lot of animals, you don't want to mess up those materials, but also with being the materials that are being used, they're easy to wash and she could still use them. And one of the signature things that she has on the doll and also in the style guide artwork is her little skirt. So we had talked about the three-tiered skirt, which is a little short for the time period on Guinevere, but talk about a mini skirt on Tamara. I mean, I don't even think this would have been historically accurate. Would it? Like a ballet style skirt? Well, probably a ballerina. Um, you know, she's very artistic, so she 
definitely loves to party, but I'm surprised she's not using that skirt in her party outfit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, maybe someone who likes to just, you know, you could picture her with this outfit, just being out with the animals, happy, dancing, moving around, but she can easily move around. Um, because I feel like when you are, you know, being a country girl, um, she had a lot more freedom to do things she wanted. So she wanted to move around with ease. And in all three different versions, she also has the leggings. Are, what fabric are we also looking at for these leggings? I mean, I'm also assuming that this is this is pretty historically accurate, especially with like those elf style looking shoes and like the leggings. Like that that actually speaks very medieval to me. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, these leggings probably were originally stockings. Um, you know, I did listen to um, the podcast with Greg and. You know, he describes in there um, how these uh, would have um, uh, started out as just a normal stocking and then, you know, stop mid-thighing and tie up to the waist and then later on evolved into a full pant. Um, so these probably would have been something that was knitted by hand, uh, you know, maybe a cotton um, that would have been able to use for this. And what about the skirt? Would it have been the same type of fabric or... I don't think cotton really poofs out like that. No, it really doesn't. Um, you know, that would have been a tough one. Um, maybe something heavier. So it wouldn't have been double cotton. Probably would have been like a, a flax material um, or a hemp material, something that would have been um, a lot thicker, uh, but same, same type of weave. So it would have been woven. And you had mentioned about what Greg was recapping regarding her her little um, stockings. I mean, it looks like they're a cover over her shoe as well. So, like, she has shoes underneath, and then it's basically like a covering. Um, there was a specific name that he had given for those armor pieces as well. Um, and when talking about, you know, the fact that they still would protect her. So they weren't just necessarily a knit or, or a woven piece that they actually had a, an armor, you know, a reason for being there essentially. Well, you know, maybe I should go back and re-listen to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would definitely have been something that um, would have been a tighter knit, something that um, would have been for protection. You definitely don't want, um, you know, something that would unravel easily. So it may have been a new woven piece, but 12th century, I mean, 12th century medieval, hmm, I wouldn't 100% know on that. <laughs> For whatever reason, I, I don't know why, but I always kind of give her more of like, I don't know, Scottish or like Highlander. Like that's kind of like what, I think of when I think of Tamara, I, it could just be her green color scheme, but that's kind of what, what I think about, especially with a lot of her different outfit pieces. Um, and you had mentioned about her corset or her bustier that's, that's on her waist as well. And then her armbands again, that would be for protection. And then she has her shoulder piece and then her, her whole armor. But again, you know, she's not wearing many of the iconic pieces that the other jewel writers are wearing during the, the jewel writer outfit, at least. So that's why I think I like Tamara is that it, her outfit stands out. So that's one of the reasons I think that even from the toy perspective, like it was different, like with the little fabric piece that it came with, you know, Guinevere had the ruffles, Tam Fallon had the cape and, you know, Tamara had the skirt. 
So I like it. I, I think it's fun. Yeah, moving on. Moving on to the adventure outfit, um, we have n- new sleeves here. This is not sleeves that anyone else really has had. It's kind of like the poofy sleeve. I don't know what <laughs> what historical or like where this reference comes from. Well, it's called a leg of mutton, um, and this would have been used also during um, towards the end of medieval times, beginning of the Renaissance. Um, you wanted, you know, flexibility in your arms, nothing too fitted, but it's definitely something that you would have seen in like the maybe 14th, 15th century. Um, and that's where you get that reference. And she's finally wearing a cape and she has a clasp, which I think is historically accurate as well. Like that's something that you would have had. Yes, definitely. Um, this probably would have been more like a pendant with a you know long needle along the back and that's how you hold it together. But you also see how she has extra fabric over her neck. Um, that would have been a hooded cape. Okay, so we're with we're with another hood again. <laughs> yes. Okay, I've never really understood why there was so much gathered fabric at the tops of these images. So telling me that there's a hood under there makes a ton of sense. Although in the actual show, I don't think that they ever actually put on the hood, but I can totally see how that would work. I like it. And she has basically, I mean, with the jewel rider outfit and adventure and also leisure, I mean... The stockings, as you had mentioned, that became like the whole, you know, whole pant have gone all the way up to her top. I mean, would this all have been like a one piece, like a kind of like a leotard or something? And then she just basically put the corset around it. Or what are we looking at here when we're when we're seeing basically the whole entire bodysuit? Yeah, it definitely looks like it, it would have been a, a one piece, um, you know, and the reason I say one piece is because. It's put into uh, use less material. If you were to use uh, two peas, you know that the waistline on the top would have been longer, uh, meaning you had extra money to spend on that. So you would definitely see this as a one piece. Um, as far as how it ties, probably with um, just you know like a type of like a string or something like that that goes along the back. And then with her leisure outfit, we are back to basically, again, the Jewel Rider outfit minus the protective pieces. So I think that's been pretty consistent throughout all the other designs as well. Um, She is wearing, I don't know if that would be like a a fabric necklace with a pendant on the bottom or if that's like a leather piece. Leather would have been probably pretty hot. Yeah, it would have been hot. But um, during Lynn's time period, you would have used a ribbon. Um, And so this would be a ribbon with a stone on it or a pendant. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. So would this been like a silk ribbon or like what types of fabrics? You probably would have used a velvet ribbon on this. Um, and it's something actually it looks like a choker. So it would have been something um, we see in the 90s as well. Okay, fun. I love how all of it ties together. And then we're at the final outfit for Tamara, her party outfit. So again, She's done up in a ponytail <laughs> and she has the iconic ruffle that Guinevere had. Um, but something that's different that not a lot of the other girls had is that she has a full dress. So she's been in mini skirts this whole time and now all of a sudden she has a full dress. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, there weren't a whole lot of uh, long full dresses in the 90s. If anything, they, they always had a slit or a wrap, something where you can move around easily. So this would be more reminiscent of the uh, medieval times, something longer to show you that. Um, so that's what you see here. Also, what I like is the ruffles 
Um, this would have been considered like a jacket. Um, it's something that's more like a circular skirt or a circular, you know, circular ruffle that you would um, put your hand, head through and your arms around, um, under so that it actually looks like it's part of the dress. So it's a two-piece. And that's exactly what happens on the doll as well. So that's that's how you basically put it on the doll. Now, Guinevere does have that ruffle piece, but it's much smaller. As you mentioned, this one is much larger. So I'm assuming it's because, you know, this is meant to be more elegant. It's meant to be dressed up as well. Um, but I think that we can go back to the time period and the, and the influence of the 80s and the 90s with, you know, large shoulders and things like that. Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, this was one way to um, give her the whole look of like big poofy sleeves, a big collar, um, but it all in one and simple as a ruffle that just goes around her. That's beautiful. And something that she does have, it's, it's you know, on the other ones, I mean, it's not like she's not showing cleavage, but in this one, she does have a dropped um, neckline as well. So what what's the history kind of with that? Because I don't think that medieval, you really had that. That would have been inappropriate. That definitely would have been inappropriate. Um, you know, you could see this as probably the late 80s, early 90s, where you're showing a little bit of cleavage. Um, it's definitely not like the Versace green dress that, you know, Jennifer Lopez wore in 95. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely in, in medieval times, you definitely don't show your cleavage like that. Um, you know, that's something you want to hide for um, her partner. <laughs> and the corset that you had mentioned now, it does look different where the other one is much more plain. This one is embellished with, you know, jewels and whatnot. Um are we still looking at this could because the other ones were probably like a velvet or something like that we had mentioned i think that greg also mentioned that that he saw her in those types of fabrics but i don't think that this one's velvet i mean would this have been more of like a leather or what are we looking at when we look at this uh, this probably would have been closer to like a heavier um, heavier thread count on a cotton most likely egyptian cotton just because it's a little heavier uh, and this is what would have been used here. Uh, you probably still, you wouldn't have used the actual bones on this. Um, they most likely used wooden bones, so they had to go find, you know, wood, not wood and actually shape it into um, the bones to keep it on this. Uh, mm. And on the toy, again, this toy is unique in that the other ones for the skirts, it is basically just like an organza. It's a, it's a pretty lightweight fabric on the toys. Um, and Tamara does have that, outer skirt which is that organza but the underskirt she has she has that so i mean when we're looking at this would that have been more appropriate to have it as like a layered skirt with something on top of it or do you think that this would have just been like the one type of material this probably if you think about her her family background it probably would have been just the heavier material um one layered and not more than one um, you have to remember that, um, you know, not everyone could afford a whole lot. And so I feel like that's what she would have used here. Um, a, you know, the heavier one layer material and just a lighter um, soft blue at the bottom would have been, um, you know, something maybe um, her mom added um, just to give you a texture, but also make it look like you had more than one layer to give the supposed idea that, you know, she had some money. 
Wonderful. Well, this has been a fantastic review of all of the different outfits. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, now, I did mention that we were going to talk a little bit about some of the other inspiration. Um, I think that we're going to go ahead and save the review of the toys. And um, we also have some of the original Enchanted Camelot and the Lady Kill to still talk about. So we're going to have to probably do that in a different episode. But let's go ahead and look at some of the inspiration that you were sharing. So let's start off. We have an image of a lady who is just wrapped in jewels. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this armor piece and the jewels and where you're seeing kind of the jewel rider references in this? Well, this one um, was a 90, so 92 um, Terry Mugler outfit. Um, like I said, there was a lot of um, armor being used. And so this is what you can see here. All of these pieces were actually um, steel formed on her. You can imagine how uncomfortable she was in this outfit. I imagine. Uh, <laughs> but it's fantastic. I love it. Definitely. And, you know, you know, being that it was an armor piece that you were using, you can tell that she was someone that... Um, was of royal family just because of the jewelry, the material being used. And you can see that heavy um, neck piece that she has, you know, um, all it's diamonds. And, and it looks like a sun too. That's, that's what I love about it. Yeah. yeah even you can even on her chest, it looks like little suns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, you know, and you can see like the piece, the, the hit piece, um, those actually move. Um, you know, they're not just fixated in one place, which allows her to move. Um, I just wonder how uncomfortable that goes between her legs. Um, I'm not 100% sure how that ties in there. Mm -hmm. But as yeah. you mentioned, they are all articulated. And you can see, I mean, that's how, you know, that's how armor went. It was layered like that so that way you could actually move in it. But this mm -hmm. is fantastic. I mean, I think that with the suns, you might think of Guinevere with this. But, I mean, none of her outfits really look like this per se. But I like it. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a fun piece. And then we have, it looks like, well, I, I, the first thing I see is the corset on our next image. Yes, you definitely see the corset. Um, and then you can see how um, the ribbons that she's using down the center um, are velvet. Same thing as um, her choker, which is something that would have been used um, during uh, those times. Um, here, uh, you know, they made it, they show you see-through material, which would have been an organza, which is a material that, you know, um, you see in jewel riders and medieval times. But also they show you see-through so you can see what it does to the body. Um, you know, we talked about how they're always fully cinched, um, and that's something you see here. Also, you see the big shoulders. Um, mm -hmm. You want to be able to show that power. Um, and that's what they give her here. And we were talking about the structure of the corset as well. So I think that that's fun to see that. And plus, when we were talking about, you know, the, whether the, the ribbon or something that we would have used on Tamara, that's kind of what that is. And also the individual um, ribbons on like, whether it was Fallon's outfit or, you know, maybe even if Tamara had something like this, like that's kind of the, the materials that I'm looking at as well. I like it. Yes. Yeah. And the next one reminds me of Lady Kale. That's what I see when I see all this fire. But what were you seeing when you saw this? Well, when I saw this, you know, this is actually a velvet dress underneath. Um, and that's what I saw, uh, you know, just that um, that heavy material. Also helps with the structure. So underneath this um, corset top, you'd probably find a boussier with um, heavily bone to be able to hold this up um, and also you can see the wrap um, wrap dress kind of like the one um, 
dress that I believe Fallon is wearing. Yes, in her party outfit. Yes. That's fun. And I think that also this one has um, jewel kind of embellishments as well. So that's kind of like how they have on their clothing as well with jewelry and jewels. Mm-hmm, definitely. Very pretty. And the next one, we have another corset. You definitely see another corset. Um, this one is more of, I feel like it has more of the shapes that Tamara would have had, um, you know, those pointed corsets. But you can also see how she has um, the cape, you know, it has the cape on there, um, something that you would have seen um, referenced in some of the other outfits. And there's the embroidery, like how we were talking about the beadwork or something that would have been on Guinevere's outfit as well. Yes, definitely. So this is more of a like Christian Dior John Galliano outfit. Um, and just to give you a reference of, of uh, an idea of what something like this would have cost, um, this in the 90s would have been something like $100,000 for this this piece alone. Just everything wow. done by hand. So you can imagine, you know, why someone like uh, Princess Guinevere would have worn, you know, with the embroidery and um, all of the, these are all laces, like a silk um, mesh and organza. Um, I don't, these are probably steel bones nowadays. Um, you know, we can't really kill the well for her bones. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Please don't do that. (laughs) So then we're going to skip to, I have a beautiful image of like a sun colored outfit. She has a fur wrap around her. When I look at this, I mean, I immediately see Guinevere, but what, what were we kind of looking at here? I mean, there's just beautiful the way that the shapes are and it looks like jewels. Yeah. So what I, I got from this piece is um, one, the structure, you can see it. It looks like armor. Um, what I like about this one is this is actually leather. Um, you know, so this is leather. Yes, this is actually wow. leather. Um, so it's a fun piece. And same thing, you know, you want to give a little more with the shoulders so you can get that whole, um, I have power, um, you know, s- status and, and that's what you see here. Beautiful. I think that that's a perfect example because when we're talking about, you know, well, the accessory pieces are going to be leather, we're having a little bit hard time because we're just picturing like everyone wearing like, you know, either Ren Fair clothing or like, you know, everyone's wearing leather jackets. And it's like leather really has such diversity, especially the way that you treat it and the way that you create it. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, our next image, we have feathers and we have butterflies. I mean, that's obviously I'm seeing Tamara when I see butterflies. But I mean, are we looking at the structure of the corset or what right. is it? Here, well, here, I what I saw here um, is a lot of the feathers and the structure of this dress. Um, you can also see how this has a little bit, um, I feel like of almost all the girls, um, you know, it has the feathers like how uh, Princess Guinevere has in her helmet. Um, it has the, the fit silhouette on, on, on the waistline of most of the girls, but also the small skirt um, mm-hmm. that we saw in uh, Tamara. Gotcha. No, I think that that's, that's pretty. Um, what types of fabrics are we looking at here when we're looking at the skirt? Uh, well, this one's actually, um, it's all feathers, and the rest would be organzas and um, all silks. Um, it's something that, you know, couture design, this is actually a couture piece that would have been used. Um, and so that's what was used in all of these. Um, the centerpiece, the actual corset um, itself, um, mm-hmm. probably like a duchess satin. Or and of course, fabric. and leather leather embellishments on the on the um, gloves. I, I really love because of the organza, like it it makes it look like butterfly wings. That's really really pretty. Mm-hmm. I love it. Very pretty. Then we have armbands. It looks like um, 
<laughs> well, that looks like more like a modern take of it, but I think that that would definitely like steal bands and things well, like that would have been. The reason um, why I picked this one is um, it, it does say, you know, it's a Jean-Paul Gaultier Couture Spring 2020. So it's this year. But he's actually, his inspiration was the 90s. Um, so, you know, I put this in here just so you could see what, you know, the 90s looked like. But this is our modern take on it now. But how all styles could be uh, reused all the time. And so uh, here, I mean, you know, it looks like he has a, what is that, a can on as one of the rest? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, not only that, but she's also wearing the corset. So it's very much jewelry yeah. where you're wearing the corset and you're wearing the armband and you're also wearing the wristbands. So it's basically, again, the armor pieces that the jewel writers have. Mm-hmm. And then fun. also you see you see the, the drop uh, belt. That's what's well, a chain, but it's a utility chain. So you can hang things on it. Um, and that's what the belts were used for. Very cool. Very cool. And then we're looking at, it looks like this might be, is that Dior? It's a layered red and black skirt. Yes. This is, okay. uh, yes. This is uh, John Galliano for Christian Dior nineties. Um, I believe this was like 95. Uh, uh, but again, you know, he's referencing um, the new look um, from 1940s, but you know, still a little feminine shows legs, but these are all silks, um, and then you can see the bustier underneath. Um, also, you can see the straps on the white bustier. That bustier actually would go underneath to hold the skirt, and so because you need more support to hold that up, that's why you would have the straps, kind of like the uh, Fallon outfit that we saw. Hmm. And, you know, it's funny because, like how you mentioned, with the there's the not quite the hood, but like the collar that pops out. Many of the girls had that. You know, they have the the wrap around like the corset piece. That's what a lot of the girls had. As you mentioned, they had there's the wrap like Fallon, there's the layered skirt like Guinevere, there's, you know, just the silhouette as well. It's it's very interesting. Like it's it it looks a lot like the Guinevere party dress because of the silhouette. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see the new look with that inspiration. And then we have a uh, Saint Laurent, we have huge, huge sleeves, and it looks like a satin with velvet. Looks the green outfit, yes. Actually, this would be a duchess satin for the sleeves. I'm not saying that you know the princesses had those big, big sleeves like that. I believe it was uh, Princess Guinevere um, with her um, big poofy sleeve. But you know, you could see here Yves Saint Laurent, uh, couture designer. The more fabric you use, means you have more money, you spend more. And same thing with the big jewelry, is the big pearl and the velvet, you know, um, silk velvet dress. Hmm. No, it's definitely, I, I look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely some inspiration there. And then we're going to scroll over and we have these huge, huge blue and black sleeves embroidery. I mean, we were talking about, you know, the bigger the sleeves, but this one also has a dropped neckline as well, where I don't think Tamara's was that low, but I can definitely think, you know, that that was a little bit of inspiration. Again, you know, there was changes and she's also wearing a very long dress, which was just kind of like how, you know, well, Tamara's had a little bit different. I think that she had more of the new look inspired, but, you know, it was more of a long dress. Yes, definitely. Uh, this is definitely embroidered. Um, this looks like it could have been like a velvet, silk velvet um, dress with like a duchess satin and uh, gold embroidery. Um, something definitely that uh, Gwen and we would have used. 
um, you know, simple, simple, well, I don't know how simple this looks, but, um, like, <laughs> well, by today's standards, <laughs> correct, but definitely something she would have worn. Um, and you can see cinch waist, uh, which tells you that it probably had a corset underneath as well. Um, you know, it's something modern day, um, you probably hide the corset just not to show it. Then we have a group of three neon colored girls in the stockings or the leotards as, as you might want to say. But um, I, I mean, that's the first thing that I see is that when we're talking about colored leotards, basically. Right. You definitely can see that, you know, like the, the pink one, you can see where it's a one piece belted um, and then the jacket over it. I feel like a lot of the girls, um, you know, the uh, jewel writers had those looks, but you can also see the inspiration in color um, where you could see the bold color. Um, this was early 90s, I believe it was like 92, 93. Um, and that's what you see here. Oh, I love it. I mean, I just love the use of color. It's so pretty. Can't get enough neons in your life. <laughs> um, and then we have a couple Go ahead. Uh, you, you see the girls. Uh, is this the one we're talking about? The two girls. Are we talking um, about the? Yes. Okay, the two little dresses, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this was actually, I believe, it was ninety-two. Um, the reason I put this here is um, these are the party dresses, but they're in one piece. Um, I don't know. It just gave me, like, you know, kind of like I felt like this would have been like a. Um, modern day party girl of the Jewel Riders, and I believe this was like ninety, late nineties maybe. Um, there's a movie where she shows this dress because this is where her saying, you know, um, this looks like a like a bodysuit, body armor, and this is how I'm showing um, I'm a strong woman, um, and that's why I put mm. this up here. Yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that we're just kind of looking at more of the shorter style skirts, essentially. Yes, definitely. And then we have the last one, I believe. That's is that Selena. Definitely Selena. Um, okay. Well, Tell us about this. This looks like kale to me. I mean, I don't know what we're looking at. <laughs> you know, it just gave me, definitely that's what I saw. But what I'm seeing here is how, you know, the pant piece, um, high-waisted, but it's still one piece. This actually just wraps around into this neck piece. Um, no one would guess that that's what it is. But this is what it is here. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. It looks like, an, like a something that, like an anime cartoon or something would have worn uh, but this is actually 95 um you know well, that's the year yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> something you could see um even just the pant usage um you know that's something that she's parting singing in um and i think that's what um the three girls had in common they were in their um leisure travel outfits they were wearing um pants and even their right. yeah now, actually, that's a great question because I know that right now yoga pants seem to be kind of the more common thing to wear. But I mean, were these types of like leggings and things like that, were they pretty popular in the mid 90s? Is that probably where a lot of this inspiration is coming from for many of their outfits to be panted? Yes, actually, um, it, it, you know, actually, these pieces started in the um, in the 80s. Um, you know, back then, it was more of a uh, in the 80s, more of actual working out outfit um, or something that you could see um, if you're familiar with uh, Saved by the Bell. Um, you can see a lot of the girls, you know, like Kelly and them um, dancing in, in like leotard pieces and things like that. Um, but it wasn't until the 90s where it started becoming more of something you wear. Um, you could actually go out in it, you know, um, 80s, you work out in it. 
take it off, stay home, uh, and leave that home. In the 90s was when you can finally actually start wearing it to be more of a, a look to go out, um, you know, to be seen going out and things like that. Um, whereas now, um, you wear it for everything. Let's go grocery shopping, you know? And right. You, wear, you, you don't even work out necessarily, and you're still wearing yoga pants. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, this has been such a fun review of all the fashions of Princess Guinevere and the influences and just general fashion history. Thank you so much for taking your time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. I'm sure that the fans really appreciate it as well. Now, of course, many of the things that we had mentioned when we're talking about the fabrics, they are going to be a little bit of blending of the historical accuracies and also from what we were told by Greg. But Many of those things, unless you were truly devoted to wanting to create a, you know, perfectly made jewel writer outfit. I mean, most people nowadays use different types of fabrics, especially when they're cosplaying. And, you know, th they see a lot more of those types of fabrics used. I mean, to create a costume, just to get an idea, like... Aside from the cost of labor, like when we're just talking about materials, if like, let's say someone actually wanted to make, you know, a Fallon outfit that had all those leather pieces and all that stuff, it, it almost looks like a Renfair outfit versus just using the common cosplay. How much like money difference are we talking on the materials? Oh gosh. Let's say if you were to um, use, you know, the common cosplay materials like Lycra's and neoprenes and things like that, um, you know, you could literally go anywhere and spend, gosh, maybe do something with like 50 to $150. But if you actually do the actual materials you want to use and do it the proper way, um, you could, you're probably looking at above like 700 to like a thousand dollars to make an outfit like this. That's such a crazy amount. But you know, I mean, I think that when people actually do them that way, it's pretty awesome. Like there was a fan who did a kale outfit and I'm pretty sure that they have leather boots. I'll have to double check on that one. But again, I guess it just depends on <laughs> how devoted you are and how much you actually want to get it right, I guess. So when we kind of come full circle and when we we're talking about, you know, a lot of the fans that were, you know, just really wanting to create these historically accurate depictions of their favorite characters. Again, I think that it just comes down to it of the, the characters are still products of their times. So no matter when you look at this, like when you're looking at Guinevere and you look at her party outfit, there's no way that you're going to find, you know, a 1600s lady of nobility of royalty dressed in this, you know, three layered mini skirt with heels. Like that's just right. not there. You just can't find it. But if you look at a page of a fashion magazine from the 90s, you'll probably be able to find a prom outfit that's inspired by it. You know, you probably would. And, and the reason you would, um, you, these type of silhouettes are more seen, I would say, um, starting like 1840s was actually when couture started. And, you know, when art couture started uh, with uh, Frederick Douglass, um, he's actually English. Um, you know, who knew um, that an Englishman would invent haute couture, but haute couture <laughs> is not considered French fashion. So French, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's because of him that we're able to see a lot of these um, um, looks, you know, nowadays. Um, but you can do do so much. You don't necessarily have to spend thousands of dollars to make something like this. You know, if you wanted, say, a corset, but you don't want to spend even $200 to make a corset, you know, you could do things like um, 
uh, and this is what a lot of cosplayers do. They wrap tape around their, their body to shape the, the look yes. they want. Then they cut it um, and then just paint it in the shades that they want. And, you know, here you go spend, you know, what, 4 or $5 on a roll of tape and then just paint. And under $20, you have your corset. That's kind of crazy. I mean, people are very ingenious about those things. And we had also mentioned about the fact that people do have an opportunity to create custom costumes as well with Daniel Magana. So whether someone is looking to create something that is truly historically accurate, um, using all the appropriate materials, or just looking to use some of the common cosplay outfits, that is something that you are giving people an opportunity for. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, the uh, we try to cater to, to everyone. Um, you do have the ones, like you said, want the accurate um, uh, costumes, um, but those could take months to make. Um, but then you have the ones that, uh, you know, want the look. You still want to look like the character. Um, we can use different materials to that, but those can range anywhere from like, you know, 150 and go up from there. Um, so we definitely keep in mind um, your price range to, to use the materials you want. And at least from Jewel Rider fandom, we give the fans an opportunity to work with you directly through our site as well. So if you are interested, we will post the link. Um, we have an intake sheet, which you can fill out, and then that gets sent over to the archive. And then we give you in touch with Daniel of Daniel Magana Couture. But also, if you are interested in learning more about his couture fashions and about just working with him or seeing um, many of his works, you can also follow him on social media. Media. Yeah, so you can definitely follow us. Um, and, you, you know, there, well, I'll give you my two handles. You have um, uh, Daniel Magana uh, costuming, and that gives you an idea of more of the costume range we can do. Um, but you can also, you know, take it and make it say more accurate um, materials, um, things like that. Then you can go to Daniel Magana Couture um, Instagram and you can see um, some of the couture work there. Okay, so Daniel Magana Costuming and Daniel Magana Couture on Instagram. Or again, there is the link, at least for the Jewelry fandom, where you can find out um, how to work with Daniel Magana to create a custom Jewelry garment as well. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for, again, giving us such a wonderful insight into the fashion history of Princess Guinevere and the Jewelers. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It was definitely fun seeing these things. And, you know, um, I'd actually just love to see these pieces um, come to life. Um, you know, let's see what these look like. That would be extra fun, wouldn't it? Thanks so much, Jewel fans, for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. Of course, if you want to hear more about Princess Guinevere, you can visit our podcast at Podbean. We are available on most other podcast networks as well. You can also find the links in our social media. And of course, if you want to learn more about Princess Guinevere, the production materials, look more at the style guide images, you can visit jewelwritersarchive.com. And as we always end our podcasts, friends together, friends, friends forever. forever. <laughs> Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.